I'm Hannah Young, and you're listening to Brits in the Big Apple. My guest today is Jess Shadbolt, co-owner and co-head chef at King Restaurant in New York's trendy Soho district. Jess opened King in 2016, which quickly graduated from New Kid on the Block to culinary heavyweight, complete with a neighbourhood cult following. Her restaurant has a delicious simplicity, from its elegant decor to its daily changing menu of dishes devoted to the seasons. Think scallops grilled with smashed cannellini, blistered chilli, Florence fennel and wild rocket, followed by a slice of ricotta, rhubarb and pine nut. Along with her co-head chef, Claire de Burr, Jess's culinary talents were recognised by the New York Times restaurant critic, Pete Wells, in his annual Best Restaurants of 2017. And the critic awarded King a glowing two-star review. She and Claire were also named Food & Wine's Best New Chefs for 2018. I've had the pleasure of dining at King on several occasions now, and I have to say it is a culinary treat of the highest order. My particular favourite had to be the seasonal raclette window, transporting me back to wonderful skiing holidays in the Alps, of course served with a glorious mug of piping hot chocolate. Jess, thank you so much from the Big Apple. Oh, thank you, Hannah. That's such a, what a lovely intro. It was uh, many things in there I'd forgotten about, so it was, it was lovely to hear them. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. And I wonder if you could start by giving our audience a brief overview of your career so far and how you came to be a chef. Yeah, well, it was a little bit of a journey, to be honest. It wasn't something that I went straight into. Um, I kind of arrived um, in the industry by way of L'Oreal and the joy of hair care. Um, and I had kind of uh, started there um, straight out of university really and I worked in PR um, and events for the marketing team there um, and sort of soon realized that while you know I love the joy of hair care there was a calling for me to kind of move into the food world I'd always been a massive um, cook at home my mom is an incredible cook food had always been very much part of our family um, and I always thought that one day that that would be something that I did but I hadn't really thought about it as a career um, it was more just you know sort of something that I enjoyed to do myself um, but uh, a job became available at the River Cafe in London um, which was sort of looking after the two head chefs there uh, Ruthie and Rose um, and I felt like it was a really lovely way of kind of bridging um, the two and I kind of helped them um, in the back of house and the operational side of the restaurant and at that time they were working on their cookbook um, so that was kind of very appealing and um, sort of moved into that role and spent five years working with them um, at the restaurant, which I absolutely adored. Um, it was a fascinating introduction to the kind of the inner workings of a fabulous, one of the best restaurants, in my opinion, restaurants in the world. And um, I learned such an incredible amount from them, both, you know, how to, to run a restaurant, but also the approach to their staff and, and their stylistic approach to obviously food and, and hospitality. Um, so yeah, I was there for five years. And then I decided that I was going to just take a little bit of time out and um, went to cooking school in um, at Ballymaloo in Ireland. She's, it's run by this wonderful woman, Doreena Allen. 
Um, and the cooking school is um, it's actually based on a farm. And so the kind of whole premise is to really understand the whole approach to farming and cooking and eating and what that really means. And so I went there totally with the view, really, of coming back to the River Cafe in my original role. But then Ruthie called me one day and sort of said, you know, why don't you come back as a chef and come and work in the kitchen? And it's very difficult to say no to Ruthie. And so I kind of said, sure, why not, you know? Um, and without really having much thought of what that would mean, but I, I returned back to the, to the River Cafe and um, started in the kitchen where my, my, my colleagues became, you know, kind of um, my mentors, the people that I'd worked with before um, in a different capacity suddenly became my teachers and they were very, very patient with me. I obviously had zero experience in working in a kitchen. Um, and absolutely just fell in love with it and, and the whole rhythm of a kitchen life. I was there for a few more years after that. Um, so yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't the most like traditional of journeys in terms of kind of that introduction to, to cooking, but I, I think it was, um, it was the right one for me. That's brilliant. And I totally agree with you. I think the River Cafe is one of my favourite restaurants ever. Oh. Um, but tell us how you came to New York and, and also how you made the shift from just being a chef to being a chef and a business owner as well. Well, so whilst I was at the River Cafe, I met um, Claire, my business partner, um, and she and I kind of met on the line. We always sort of say that we were the greediest of the of the cooks um, and <laughs> we, we would share chopping boards and we would always be like you know tasting the food and 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 we were completely enamored by what we were being taught um it was very much like the style of the food that we'd kind of grown up eating and, and obviously had the luxury of, of, of having traveled to you know parts of Italy or South France and they really resonated with us um and so we yeah we would just spend all of our prep time just nattering in the corner about food and restaurants and you know the the dream of one day maybe owning our own and at that point it wasn't necessarily something that we thought we would go into together um claire was considering moving back to new york um she has family ties here um, and at that point she had met um our third business partner annie who was also spending some time in london um and you know it just evolved um, to a conversation of, you know, why don't we do something all together? And, um, you know, our belief and our desires were so aligned, it made so much sense. But, you know, at that point, I had never dreamed of moving to New York. It wasn't, it wasn't ever on my radar. I'd actually come here once or twice with the River Cafe. Um, we, we did a, um, a, a cooking um, event here. And I remember coming back and being like, that was just an incredible, like 36 hours and, and what an amazing city. Um, and so it kind of felt quite right that we would return there. And um, yeah, it was, it, I, the idea of me living in New York was never something I'd have ever have imagined. Um, and, you know, I definitely am quite spontaneous. And so when the opportunity was dangled and Claire is very persuasive, it was like, you know, come on, let's go and do this together. I kind of jumped at the chance. So um, literally five months later, I had moved with one suitcase and um, I haven't left. <laughs> wow, that's brilliant. And tell us a bit more about the ethos behind King. 
and you said you're you know the three of you were aligned in your ideology yeah. but tell us a bit more about what what sits behind that it's funny actually because I think a lot of people when we first opened they would ask us what our concept was um, and I think you know particularly you know this we're talking five years ago and definitely things have changed since then but a lot of restaurants in the city were very much concept driven you know um, and that was never part of our thought process all we knew and you know we were younger and very naive in, to a certain extent and to, in all honesty we had quite limited experience you know I'd only really spent that time at the River Cafe Claire to Annie had sort of peeled potatoes as she says in other restaurants to get some experience but you know the three of us we hadn't spent years in kitchens or in restaurants so we were we, we were kind of had this blind faith but what we wanted was to create something that we really valued and that was just very simple delicious food um in a warm and generous space with the hospitality that kind of i was i think it's sort of that very much like classic approach to restaurants which at that time you know there was such emphasis on on concept we wanted to really just bring it back to what we valued in a great restaurant, you know, and somewhere where you'd want to return to time and time again. All the restaurants that I love and hold dear, um, you know, and even with my family, we'd on a Saturday, we'd be like, where should we have lunch today? And we'd always go back to the same, you know, handful of restaurants because they meant something to us. Mm -hmm. um, and we wanted to create something here in the city that kind of had that same um, ideals. And so that was really kind of the thinking behind King. It was nothing more than, you know, what we wanted to eat, what we wanted to drink, and in a space where we'd be happy to spend three great lunch. And so that was really kind of the, the, the approach to, to what we wanted to open. Brilliant. Um, and uh, you said that you don't have a huge amount of experience, but you have also worked in one of the best restaurants in the no. UK. No, no, no. I, I mean, yes, the experience was limited we obviously both agree that it's one of the best restaurants in the world and and that experience was absolutely paramount in in our ability to even consider approaching an opening you know what ruthie and rose did and that uh, is to create something kind of made it a very democratic environment for people to work in and you always felt very much part of the conversation it's an open kitchen but an open forum too and it was so collaborative mm. um and that was something that you know as a young chef I found like absolutely mesmerizing I was completely taken in by that um and you know we suddenly realized that whoa you don't need to um have a, a restaurant that is you know you can have a restaurant that is sort of warm and encouraging and you know um, a collaborative experience with the people who work with you um, and that has been as important in terms of our experiences in to the cooking part too mm. um, and I'm forever very grateful for that and because I've learned so much. Jess can you give us a sense of what it's like to open a business in New York and what some of the challenges were that you had to overcome? I mean it's it's hard to open a restaurant anywhere you know it is a very very difficult business model, particularly in this city, just because um, it's extremely expensive. Real estate is crazy of, of the rates. Um, Labour is, is very difficult. Um, we struggled really, A, in terms of funding, you know, trying to get any kind of investment when you're three unknown 
relatively inexperienced people um, in a city that you don't have any um, kind of, we didn't have a lot of uh, contacts at that point, you know, we just arrived into the city. And so that was a real challenge, you know, trying to go out there and to raise funds. Um, and we just did it with absolute uh, <laughs> sheer begging at some time. Um, and, um, but, but, you know, and in the, in the end, we actually opened um, without having closed our round. So we kind of went in very short the, the amount of funds that we needed to open. So that was a, a real challenge and um, just trying to find and meet the right people. We were quite keen from the beginning to not kind of approach friends or family. So it was very much um, trying to find the right people who were passionate about what we wanted to do and also, you know, have the belief in it, um, which is hard to do when you have nothing to, no proven concept. Of, um, but uh, so that was a real challenge. Also, you know, really on a practical level, it was, we had been working and um, in, in, in London where, you know, access to produce in Europe was very easy. Um, and when we arrived in the city, just having a, a trying to understand the supply chain um, and was was really taxing, you know, um, we, we came with sort of zero reference points. And so we sort of had to start at the beginning and, and really figure out how and where and who we were going to work with um, and in, in a bid to try and find some really incredible ingredients. So that was a, a true challenge. Um, and of course, you know, finding the right people i think we are so lucky at king um the majority of our staff have been with us for over three years um which is absolutely incredible and, and is one of the most rewarding elements of having opened this business i think of you know yes we've had a wonderful review in the times and we've had we've been very well supported but um i can't think of some the most rewarding element is really these brilliant people who work with us and that takes time. Um, and it was definitely a challenge at the beginning and finding people who wanted to work with, with us who, you know, we, we didn't have any uh, uh, strings to our bow when we got to the city. So um, it was definitely, they were taking a chance on us as well as the other way around. But um, we're fortunate enough to have found a really fabulous pool of people who are like family. Um, and I love coming to work every day. You're listening to Brits in the Big Apple and my guest today is Jess Shabbolt from King Restaurant. Jess, you have overcome the challenge of setting up a business. You've been running for a number of years now and then the pandemic came along and the pandemic clearly placed an unimaginable toll on the restaurant industry and thousands of restaurants sadly across the city are now permanently closed and others have had to reinvent themselves multiple times over the past year while facing one obstacle after another. Can you take us on the King journey and what you've done to keep the business going over this difficult period? Yeah, I mean, it's been quite a year for everybody. Um, it was, you know, I think the, the, the approach of COVID in the city was, you know, it was like a, a, a wave crashing that was long coming, but sort of very far off into the distance. And we didn't really have a sense of what that was gonna look like and nor did anybody. Um, but we, we were told that we had to close um, on the Sunday evening um, by Monday lunchtime. Um, and so we literally, you know, had a full fridge, um, 
of, of food. We had obviously reservations that needed to be canceled. We had spent time in the previous weeks of, you know, really trying to socially distance our, 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 our tables. Um, we put more seating outside even before it was something that we were advised to do. Um, and, you know, people were, were concerned and, and there was definitely that, that feeling um, in the city but people still kept coming and our regulars kept arriving at our door and saying, we'll still continue to support you. But eventually when we did have to close, it was a very kind of traumatic moment because of this massive unknown. Um, but even at that point, we, <laughs> sorry, it might be a bit clankety. Yeah, You're actually in the restaurant I know, as I'm we record, aren't you? The full team of um, chefs fevering away. Fantastic. So yeah, so we, you know, we, we closed down the restaurant and at that point we thought we'd be back in a matter of weeks. You know, we kept the Parmesan in the fridge and um, we, I thought we'd be back. But obviously things moved very quickly and it became apparent that this was something that wasn't going to be going away in any, any time. But um, yeah, it was very, I think really how we approached it is that we sat tight and we waited and we just kept reassessing we were doing financial models and we were trying to you know forecast but really at that point it was almost worthless because no one knew what that timeline was going to look like um and so it was a waiting game um we made the decision not to or take away in the three months that it was like true lockdown here in the city um and we thought it'd be better to sit and allow our staff to the, the, the time to be safe as well. Um, and we just really made every decision based on, you know, what feels right for us and for King. Um, and eventually in June, we were able to reopen, um, albeit um, just our sidewalk cafe. And we window out of the front bar room um, and that felt right to us it felt safe for our staff and for our customers it felt like it was true to who we were and while it didn't necessarily make an impact financially it was a way for us to kind of you know be there for the community and um and uh, our neighbors who have always supported us so that was a kind of very incremental and then from then on in we've we've, we've tried our hand at everything whether it be you know at home boxes um we have you know launched some retail with our king blankets olive oil you know and and it was it was very hard it was like opening a new business every like five days it felt like um, and obviously we're a small space we're a very limited resource it was a massive lift to get anything um, up and out of the doors um, but I think it was you know it, it, it was a time where we were just trying to see what would work um, and whilst um, sorry, now dogs outside um, so yeah so it was it was, it was it was daunting and I and I think actually at the time you know like anything you're just in fight mode and that's what we were doing and um now that we're you know to a certain extent have come out the other side all of our team are fully vaccinated um we are thankfully busier than ever um because of the, the the way that the um city allowed us to build some outdoor structures on the roadside dining um it has actually doubled the size of our restaurant um and so the capacity our capacity has doubled so um yeah we, we're, we're we're thriving now but um it, it was 
quite a journey. Mm. And the King Blankets are here to stay now. King Blankets are here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. But it was amazing um, to see, you know, the city at that time. I was actually in the UK for the majority of lockdown. I got stuck out there, um, and which was lovely for a little bit and love my family as I do. You shouldn't send, spend six months living with your mom and dad when you're 30. <laughs> um, but, you know, and it was, you know, it was, it was very difficult being um, back in the UK and sort of seeing how New York was being affected. But at the same time, you know, it was a really, I mean, it sounds trite to say, but incredible to see how people were adapting and pivoting and, you know, being so creative. And, you know, it's so true to New York. This, this city has got so much, meant, like, so much guts and grit and fight. And um, it was certainly apparent in, in months to see how they, how, how the city approached it. Mm. Another issue big in people's minds is climate change and sustainability. The UK is hosting COP26 later on this year, which is the big UN summit on climate. And I'm really keen to hear your views on what you're doing at King to have an impact on the climate agenda. Well, that's something actually that we've been really working on, particularly in the past two years. Um, we're very proud because we have just, well, we're now, um, single use plastic free in the kitchen um which we are um thrilled about it's taken it probably took us too long to get there but it was something we we're working towards we've really we've been really looking into um trying to get some sort of compost um systems in place has been a challenge and it's something that we haven't kind of resolved yet um but it's an ex very expensive um resource here in the city but i know that there are some um there there's some um activations in place that we're hopefully going to be working with um you know we're very keen on recycling and all of our packaging is biodegradable um you know and, and on, on, on a wider level we really think about it in terms of our, our menu is very small um we have three three main courses and four starters and it's a daily changing menu so we can be quite uh, creative when it comes to um you know food waste and how we approach that um we're also kind of we're really mindful too in terms of sourcing um we like to work with small local farms you know we do buy all our fish from the east coast um much as we would love to i mean what i would give for a turbot every now and then but i'm like no draw the line there um so you know these are all very very small things but it, and you know as a small business that's sort of where we're really kind of putting our energies behind but I appreciate there's like a much wider conversation and, and, and more to be done um I think we're just you know trying our best to to educate ourselves and um to to keep learning and doing better to be honest I think that's great and actually as you say everybody has to play their part whatever however small it might feel so um it's really impressive it including feels, to hear yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel like um, that that's, you know, particularly groundbreaking, you know, in terms of our, our you know, approach to it. But yeah, I think um, we'd love to, we'd love to kind of keep trying to make change, but I guess uh, lots of little people doing little things might make a bigger difference. Exactly. And tell us what's next for King. What's next for King? Well, uh, it's a beautiful sunny day here in New York City. 
and we are thrilled with the approach of spring and a busy summer ahead. Um, and that's something to be very grateful for, particularly given the past year. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we, we're working on a cookbook, which is very exciting. Um, uh, and we are, we are beginning to look at another little project. I don't know whether or not this sounds very kind of, you know, not sure I can say, but we do have um, some irons in the fire, um, which will hopefully um, be live by next year. That all sounds very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> that's very um, <laughs> cryptic, but I didn't mean it to be. But yeah, there's lots of little things. And, and, and in the meantime, you know, we feel such gratitude to still be here um, and to come to work every day with our team. So um, even if any of that weren't on the table, that's totally enough for me. Well, I would encourage any of our listeners who haven't been to King Restaurants to get down there because it is a beautiful, beautiful experience. And thank you so much for coming on Brits in the Big Apple. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. You're listening to Brits in the Big Apple, brought to you by the British Consulate in New York. If you'd like to hear more about the work of the British Consulate, please follow us on Twitter or Instagram at UK in New York. Thank you for listening.